0: Frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to Grown American forward slash John and order today.
1: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door.
0: This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John Fuglesang. This is Progress After Dark. You've made it through the whole day. Let's go to bed feeling some optimism, feeling just enough outrage to want to get up in the morning and get back into the fight for the next three hours. We're going to be coming at you with music, with comedy, with some very smart people, with logic, empathy. And a reminder that uh, religious conservatives working with authoritarian governments is technically uh, what got Jesus killed. For the next three hours, we'll be at 866-997-4748. We would love to have you join us. 866-997-GRIT. We have so much to get to. Former Trump advisor Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison for blowing off his congressional subpoena, just like Steve Bannon. No more sociology degrees. For Florida colleges and universities, the major and its requirements have been dropped because the Republicans have their anti-woke crusade and are determined to make their state unattractive for smart people. CIA Director William Burns will be sent to the Middle East to lead a renewed push for a ceasefire and hostage release in talks with Hamas and Israel, moderated by Egypt and Qatar. I'm sure it'll go much better with him there in person instead of on Zoom. Uh, Tonight marks the rise of the wolf moon. The first full moon of 2024. and We have a great one. David Korn, one of the best journalists in America, joins us tonight to talk about a number of issues, including the sexual predator billionaire that Donald Trump partied with the other night after the New Hampshire primary victory. Yes, I know it's great when like finds like and it's wonderful when. Sexual abusing billionaires can play with each other, but this is a pretty skeevy story uh, We're also going to talk with David quite a bit about the absurdity of the no labels movement and how bad that's going to be Julie Franchella and Simon Moyet-Smith will be here in hour two for our Native Voices segment In hour three, we got the Minority Report with our own Thea Harper, our amazing producer who's running this show out of Brooklyn The mighty Chris Houselt is our executive producer, executive producing out of South Carolina Hello to all of our day walkers Everybody who listens on demand, on the app, on the Fuglesang podcast, we love y'all. Feel free to call in any night if you're sitting around the house bored. And hello to the evil army of the night. We love hearing from you guys live. We read your tweets, too. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Let's do a show. Uh, Gas prices are falling. And the stock market is doing very well. And Americans, uh, overall, officially have more money in the bank than before the pandemic hit. Inflation is going away. America is recovering from the COVID inflation better than any of our capitalist G7 allies. And Joe Biden's economic pitch just got another shot in the arm today. The Commerce Department put out their estimate of fourth quarter GDP. It did quite better than the economists predicted. And it shows the recession they predicted would happen probably isn't coming. The economy grew at 3.3 annual clip at the end of 2023. That's not as big as the third quarter. That was 4.9% growth. But this growth represents consumer spending. Merry Christmas. It's boost the economy as the inflation fades away. Here in Wisconsin to tout new infrastructure projects, Joe Biden took a little victory lap and said the success is undeniable, whether you like him or not.
2: The Midwest is coming back. And these senators right in front of you here, they delivered it. Amy delivered it. Tammy delivered it. Tina delivered it. I mean it sincerely. And you, the American people, supported it. Now, I worked with some republics to get the bipartisan law done. And it got done. But I'm sorry to say the vast majority voted against it. But you know what? That's okay. Because we're building projects everywhere, no matter whether they voted for it or not. I promise to be a president for all Americans, whether you voted for me or didn't vote for me.
0: And, of course, the people who uh, should hear that speech will never hear it because they don't care, they don't watch the news, or they only consume news that tells them Joe Biden's bad and lets them think that it's still a Trump economy. So overall, last year saw 3.1% growth, which is huge, because you'll remember a year ago, they were all telling us our economy was going to slip into recession before 2023 ended. And now it looks like we've had that soft landing they have been going for since COVID-19. And rents around the country dropped for the eighth straight month declines were big in the South, including Orlando, Dallas, Austin, Atlanta. This new GDP report is a big boost to Joe Biden. And it shows that there has been very strong economic growth because of policies they did in the first two years. So here's the stat you can expect to hear from the campaign. Uh, at least 3.1 last year saw higher growth than any year under Donald Trump, even before the pandemic. Now, the Biden campaign is having fun with this clip. Uh, It's going so well for them, which means it's going so bad for the right wing. Even our old pal Larry Kudlow, my old co-worker at CNBC, who, of course, went to work for the Fox for the Trump White House. It's the same thing. Uh, He's praising Joe Biden and this economy. I did not expect this today. Here's Larry.
2: Speak for a second on President Joe Biden selling Bidenomics in Wisconsin today. Now, yes, I'm an honest broker. He got a good 3.3% GDP number for the fourth quarter, following a good 4.9% in the third quarter. Okay? If I were he,
0: I would be bragging about it too. And inflation has come down. And he will be bragging about it quite a bit. But let's talk about the Republicans now. They don't want their base talking about that story. And there's another story they really don't want their base to know about. Now, last week, Mitt Romney ripped in to these unmanly Ken dolls in the MAGA cult. And by the way, I'm going to start calling them all Ken's. They are the party of Ken's. They are cowards. It's fitting. This story happens the same week. There's an Oscar nomination for the character of Ken because Republicans in Congress are a lot like Ken. They're confused. They're plastic and they're dickless. They want border chaos. They don't want a system where migrants can come here efficiently, safely, and successfully. They want chaos. Shall we prove it? Let's do this. Last week, Romney tore them apart. He said, I think a lot of people in this country are out of touch with reality and will accept anything Donald Trump tells you. You had a jury say that Donald Trump raped a woman, and that doesn't seem to be moving the needle. There's a lot of things about today's electorate that I have a hard time understanding. I understand, Mitt. It's hard to get the message through to right-wing voters. The man who says he can't be prosecuted for crimes he committed when he was president. Because a president is above the law. Because the founders really missed having a king. Now, for months, the Republicans in the Senate have at least told us any deal to help Ukraine repel the genocidal invasion of Russia. It's going to have to have a bill to solve the border crisis. That's what they tell us about, right? You watch Fox News, the border crisis. The issue most important to New Hampshire Republicans this week was the border. Not their own border with Canada, the one 4,000 miles away. It's the most important thing in the world. If you watch Fox News, the invasion, thousands of brown skinned people looking to come here and seek backbreaking labor for less than minimum wage because so many white people keep a large help wanted sign at our border. You know something? I, how dare how dare these illegals come over here and deprive me of a job working as a migrant food picker? I, I, I don't I'm not fulfilled here at the bank. I, I, I need to get some outdoor time. It's all lies. We we go through it every night. The majority of undocumented immigrants overstay their visas. They don't talk about those. They don't talk about the 50,000 Irish illegally here. No, it's brown people at the border. It's the only narrative. And they won't lift a finger to arrest the people who do the hiring. So, you know, every Republican argument about immigration is fraud before we dive into this. And we've watched this pantomime play out for months. The logistical crisis and the humanitarian crisis on our border. It's causing a big headache for our politics. And with election season, it's getting uglier. Right now in Texas, Greg Abbott is openly defying the U.S. Supreme Court decision that America controls America's border, not Texas. He's arguing Joe Biden's failed in his constitutional duty to defend states from a border invasion. Again, Greg Abbott will not arrest the people doing the hiring who are drawing the immigrants into his state. It's all show they want chaos that's how they get votes. Donald Trump today called on all willing states to deploy their national guards to help repel migrants at the border and Greg Abbott saying Texas has a right to defend itself from an invasion supersedes any federal statutes. You know the governor of Arkansas tried superseding JFK as well. he got a good surprise about this, but this this multi prong effort. To have a bipartisan deal on immigration's been going on for months between Chris Murphy, the Democrat, James Langford from Oklahoma, the Republican, and Kirsten Cinema, you know all about her. And they've been working for months to craft this deal. And after what happened this week, it's probably over. There's not gonna be a deal. Republicans, because they are Dickless Kendalls, are terrified. And they're backing away. See, there's $14 billion Joe Biden's asked for to fund new border enforcement agents and expanded detention to have greater consideration of asylum claims, other border security, $14 billion. And the Republicans said, no, that's not enough money. We need more policy changes. So Democrats said, "Okay, what do you want? They've agreed to raise the bar to qualify for asylum. They've agreed to have a quicker removal of some migrants. Uh, They've agreed to a trigger that closes down asylum seeking if border encounters get too high. And Republicans are still rejecting all of these new restrictions. No matter how much the Democrats are trying to compromise, they're saying insufficient, insufficient. They don't want to go after the white people dangling their jobs. And their leader is a white person who's hired illegal immigrants because he didn't want to pay American workers a living wage. Donald Trump's hired them in two different centuries. It's all a lie they use to get your white loved ones angry and scared. Republicans have pushed to gut Joe Biden's parole programs. Now, you don't hear too much about these, but this admits tens of thousands of people monthly who apply for asylum from abroad. And the parole programs of Joe Biden are pretty smart. It's an alternative legal pathway for migrants to enter the United States if they get a sponsor first, someone who lives here. They they get a sponsor from, from out, of, out of the country, then they fly into the country and they have someone sponsoring them rather than requiring them to come to the border and seek asylum at the border, this creates a very organized, rules-bound way to enter. You have a sponsor. You come in. It's a smart innovation. Shift the incentives away from the kind of migration Republicans scream about. Oh, you're crossing the border and asking for asylum. No, this is actually a system that'll make it better. It'll help the infrastructure you Republicans are so concerned about. Republicans should be happy about this. They're not. You know why? Because these programs do exactly what they're supposed to do allow migrants to enter the country in a calmer saner functional way they don't want to make asylum seeking more efficient they don't want it they want to scare white people about brown people coming into the country for votes all of it's bullshit they don't care about other ways to expedite removal they want to gut legal immigration programs that work and and democrats trying to give them what they want And then Trump comes in this week, this fat, corrupt, racist, lying, pussy-grabbing mediocrity, the man who's taken a moral census of amoral white people, and Donald Trump wants to blow up the entire immigration deal they've worked on for months. To me, this is the story of the year so far. Now, Mitch McConnell is on the verge of pulling the plug on any hopes at all for a bipartisan deal with funding for border security. Because Donald Trump's been telling Republicans to stop fighting for a deal and reject any deal. Because if you compromise with Democrats, it's not going to be bad enough. It's insufficiently anti-immigrant. And we need a crisis. We need people pouring over the border. We need footage of brown people that horrifies folks on Fox News. We need chaos. Donald Trump pressured Senate Republicans on Wednesday to kill the bipartisan deal to secure the border because he doesn't want Joe Biden to chalk up a win before the election. The evidence that Trump wants border chaos to continue... Is is irrefutable. Punchbowl News reported McConnell just completely bowed down to Donald Trump on the whole border situation. Acknowledged he's the nominee of the party, but now these confused plastidical beta can Republicans are balking at the compromise on their table because Trump's telling them to. That's it. The right wing is an obstacle to any progress on the border. The right wing does not want the border problem to be solved. They want a problem because they have no solutions for the white people they sucker into voting for them. And Mitch McConnell said in a closed-door meeting with GOP senators, there's not the time or the will to pass any bipartisan immigration bills this year. He said (laughs) which means politics have changed. And he said we don't want to do anything to undermine the nominee. (sighs) I'll remind you that Donald Trump has been saying racist attacks against Mitch McConnell's wife for three years now. Mitt Romney's had it. Uh, here is Mitt Romney now. He came out and said, this is not a rumor. This is all true. I was in the room. They are all groveling for Trump. They are all going back on the deal. Here's Mitt.
3: Oh, I, I, think, I think the border is a very important issue for uh, Donald Trump uh, and the fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is, uh, is really appalling. But the, but the reality is that, that uh, we have a crisis at the border. The American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, the, you know, the problem solved as opposed to saying, hey, save that problem, don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving
0: it later. If you like that clip, you might hear it in a lot of Democratic campaign ads over the next 10 months. He pretty much came out and said Republicans have been ordered to not fix the border problems because they want to make Biden look bad. Carry on with the suffering. Carry on with the chaos. And this is firsthand eyewitness in the room confirmation that Trump demanded nothing be done to address the border. You got these eunuchs like. J.D. Vance and Tim Scott and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, these hideous prostitutes on the side of the MAGA highway yelling, me so horny, me so horny to men who hate them. They've sold their soul and they're cowards. Even Tom Tillis said it. He said, don't be a Republican, said don't be your coward. Don't pretend the policy isn't strong. If you want to admit you're just afraid to tell Trump the truth, that's fine. Trump's pressuring the Senate Republicans to kill the bipartisan border deal they've worked on all year. And McConnell is Folding like a sweater at the gap. Earlier this week, he said Congress has to pass the border security bill to unlock billions of dollars for more Ukraine aid. Yesterday, he said supporting Ukraine is a matter of cold hard American interest. It seems like he's making some other cold hard political calculations, though, because now he's backing down from that. And again, McConnell and Trump hate each other. Going back to 2020, when when he acknowledged that Joe Biden won and Trump attacked Elaine Chao, his wife, in incredibly racist ways many times. But McConnell wants to win the Senate back. He wants to control the Senate in his 90s. And now he knows Trump's the nominee and he needs the man he hates. None of these people care about you or your country. So McConnell's going to leave the whole idea of another aid package for Ukraine in the phantom zone. We have no idea what's going to happen now. The Pentagon's telling our allies in Ukraine, we're sorry, we can't get you any more armaments because the Republicans can't come up with a deal. And for months, they've said we won't give Ukraine any more armaments unless you make a border deal. This is exactly what Vladimir Putin wants. The border for Ukraine construct, it's evil, but it makes sense. But when they got down to the details, you can see some Republicans just don't want a border deal and they don't want to do anything Putin doesn't want them to do. What do they want besides shutting down the border and building a wall and deporting millions of people? That's all they want. The cruelty is the point. Donald Trump had four years. He had four years to fix it. What did he do? He broke his promise about who'd pay for his stupid fucking wall. And he continued to hire undocumented workers at his Bedminster property. So Democrats, the ads are there if anyone cares. They'll say we made huge concessions on parole, on asylum, and Trump killed the whole deal. And they have the tape. He did it. Right now, CNN's reporting that the McConnell thinks the whole party's in a quandary because they're so divided in the Senate Republicans. He says the talks are still ongoing. He says we're still trying to do it. He's not. He's surrendering to Donald Trump. Mike Johnson has 219 House Republicans. He's not going to solve the border crisis with that. It's a bare majority. They're not going to work with Democrats to make things better for anybody. That's weakness. Mike Johnson's calling on Joe Biden to take executive action to stop border crossings. He's passing the buck. And Donald Trump is telling the Republicans to kill this deal so he can fix immigration if he's elected again. But as I mentioned, he was elected once before, and he released a ton of migrants into the interior. He couldn't pass his immigration agenda even when he had the Congress as Republicans. So what this means is Republicans have to reject any deal that improves the system in ways that 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 both parties accept because then people might like it and if people might like it you can't use it against joe biden so we have to prolong suffering mike johnson and mitch mcconnell are in a conspiracy with donald trump to make sure your southern border does not get secured mike johnson and mitch mcconnell and donald trump are in a conspiracy to make sure more fentanyl gets into the u.s our resources are strained Any violent people that want to get in will have a much easier time because of this conspiracy. And they are sacrificing your safety and the safety of your family to make Joe Biden look bad in an election year. They are not leaders. They are traitors. They are fake, plastic, dickless Ken's. And can I just point out, if you swap out, instead of saying immigration bill, say this is Supreme Court vacancy. It's just what Mitch McConnell did eight years ago. Remember? He kept a seat open for a year hoping a Republican would fill it Mitch McConnell's doing exactly what he did to Merrick Garland he's keeping a problem from being resolved so he can make it worse if Trump wins Democrats start your fundraising I want to hear you guys shouting this from the rooftops Republicans are running on the border as their issue but they're the ones refusing to fix it and Democrats are the only ones trying Dems It's years to blow, and uh, let's see if the media ever allows the rest of America to hear this story. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We'll be back in just a moment with the great David Korn of Mother Jones and MSNBC, and your calls all night. Don't go away. This is Progress.
5: freaker or wherever you get your podcasts on because you know i love it
0: when you do here's the deal i'm thrilled anytime i can get david corn to agree to come on this show sometimes it involves subterfuge sometimes it involves lying sometimes it involves you know a rag and chloroform whatever it takes Mr. Korn is a veteran Washington journalist and political commentator. He is the Washington bureau chief for Mother Jones. Y'all know him from his work at MSNBC as well. He's the author or co-author of four New York Times bestsellers, including number one Russian roulette, the inside story of Putin's war on America and the election of Donald Trump. We're going to be referencing that this evening. Also hubris, the inside story of spin scandal and the selling of the Iraq war. Friends, his book, if you don't own it yet, American Psychosis, exposes the deep-rooted Republican practice of boosting and weaponizing the rage and derangement of the right. It's more common than ever on a day when we literally know Donald Trump is stopping the Republican Senate from going forward with the immigration reform bill they've spent months on because they need the chaos because they offer no solutions. David Korn, it's a pleasure. Welcome back to SiriusXM. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be with you and to jointly try to figure out what the hell is going on. Well, let's do it, because uh, you have been covering some great, great territory lately, both in Mother Jones and in your excellent newsletter, Our Land, which everyone needs to subscribe to. And I, I have a few things I want to talk about, and I, I love how you'll take issues that some might consider passe and remind us how current and vital they still are, which we'll get to. But I just want to start off by by talking about the kind of atrocities Republicans do because they know no one's going to care in six months, the kind of atrocities they do and get away with because we have a short attention span. And I'm talking about Steve Wynn, who is a very famous person. I grew up seeing him do ads for the Sands all the time. He used to do ads with Frank Sinatra when he was young. He was the king of Las Vegas, uh, built a ton of casinos around the world. And of course, he happened to be a billionaire rapist. Um, David, why is Steve Wynn back in the news this week, the same week as Donald Trump's New Hampshire primary victory?
6: Well, I was watching Donald Trump's victory speech, I would call it a victory rant, on Tuesday night in New Hampshire. And if you paid attention, you barely paid attention, you might have noticed something. He didn't thank anybody. He didn't thank his uh, New Hampshire coordinators or any on, on his staff. He certainly didn't thank any of his family members, certainly not Melania, who wasn't there that night. There were people on the stage behind him, and he said thank you to the audience in a very general way. But he didn't even thank his endorsers. He used them, Tim Scott and Vivek, Ramaswamy brought them up and had them do their little clown shows. But um he didn't thank anyone. And he basically <laughs> didn't call out anyone by name. But he mm. did for two guys. Two guys were in the crowd and he stopped in his middle of the speech to, to name check them, to give them shout out shout outs. And one was Steve Wynn and the other was a guy named uh, uh, John Paulson, uh, who's a big hedge fund guy. They're both billionaires. They're both pro-Trump pro from 2016 uh, onward till today, mm-hmm. obviously. And in the case of Steve Wynn, who you just mentioned, he was the king of Las Vegas. He he gave us the Golden Nugget, the Mirage, the Bellagio. He made all those ads. He was Mr. Las Vegas. And in 2018, the Wall Street Journal did a report, very thorough report, and it had not one, not two, not three, four or five sources, but literally dozens of sources that said Steve Wynn for decades had quote, sexualized the workplace in his company, Win Resorts, and had forced women to have sex, and perform sexual acts on or with him. Again, dozens,
0: dozens, dozens of sources. This was, this was one of the biggest Me Too stories in politics, From but way back in the old times before the pandemic, one of the biggest stories in yes. Me Too.
6: And um, he, of course, we should say, denied the charges, but in the year Years to come, the Massachusetts state gambling uh, regulators and the Nevada regulators each ended up fining uh, his company tens of millions of dollars because they covered up uh, right. the allegations that he engaged in this sexual misconduct and had sexually assaulted his employees he's paid over uh, he 70 is, million
0: so, oh pay, paid over 70 million in various fines and payoffs that we know of
6: he, yeah he pay, paid out women it was like a bill o'reilly situation
0: yeah. you know women sued him individually
6: he paid seven million dollars here several several million there and the nevada regulators also ended up investigating him and just this past summer they, they settled the case he had to pay a fine of Ten million dollars himself and he had to cut all his ties to the gaming industry this is a guy who's too sleazy for the gaming industry okay and so he's a billionaire uh credibly accused of being a sexual predator and in the middle of donald trump's victory speech he sees steve Wynn in the crowd his gaze falls upon steve he gives him a longing look and he you know points him out yeah. He did this with nobody else except
0: this other billionaire John Paulson. Billionaire a, sex predator was the one person he thought that the first person he thought to thank.
6: Yes, and the other was John Paulson, who is a hedge fund guy. He made four billion dollars that with a B, betting against subprime mortgages, but he did it in a deal oh. with Goldman Sachs, in which the SEC Securities and Exchange Commission later filed a lawsuit against Goldman Sachs for this deal. Paulson was not named as a defendant, but he was a crucial part of what had happened. And Goldman Sachs ended up paying half a billion dollars in fines, the largest penalty ever, ever levied in the history of Wall Street. So these are the two guys that Donald Trump sees and they register; they resonate with him in the middle of this uh, this triumphant moment. And I just, you know, I I wrote a piece for Mother Jones. It, it came out yesterday, so people can go find it, and I'll tweet it out after after we're it's finished. It's terrific. I've already
0: yeah. tweeted it out. It's great.
6: Okay, but but to me, it was like a, a this this all occurred within a few seconds. But it was an insight into Trump's psyche. These are the two guys in the room that he saw in the middle of a crowd that he thought were important. It was these yeah. two guys. These are his peeps. This is his crowd. This is the people he wants to hang with. And I, I mean, at this stage, I mean, eight years, you know, nine years close to the the, the, the damn elevator. Uh, I don't know what else we need to know about Donald Trump or what else we can learn about Donald Trump. But to me, this was a neat synthesis of how he sees the world and how he sees himself In
0: that world. I must say, David, if I was going through my second rape defamation trial this week, there are certain people I wouldn't want to be photographed with the week of my rape and defamation trial after a jury of my peers had already found me liable for sexual abuse. The chutzpah that during the week of the rape trial, which we hear all the headlines about, he just goes and makes kissy face with another billionaire casino mogul republican fundraising rapist it's just i mean wagging its junk at any basic decency it's the hubris that makes me crazy about it
6: yeah and um and i also have to say you know you've, you you were talking about this earlier we and we, we we've talked about this in the past that with trump it's a fire hose of outrage there's just so much Every single day. it's, it's it, And it's, it's on purpose. There, you know, He doesn't stop at one social media post a night. He'll give us 30 or 40, sometimes on the same subjects, sometimes on 10 different subjects, all full of lies or outrageous and indecent sentiments. And yes. the reason why he does that is that it keeps everybody from focusing on any one thing for too long. That's it. um and it all blurs together into this mess of Trumpian white noise. And you know, and he wants people to not pick up on the particulars. He wants them to feel overwhelmed, like, oh, enough of this. Because yeah. then he escapes accountability. It's a it's a great strategy. It's worked so well for him, you know, before his political career and certainly in the last nine years. Um, it's modeled on what we used to call the firehose of propaganda that comes from places like Russia and other countries in which propaganda is a very crucial element right. of the way they engage um, with their own populations and with the world at large. And um, with him, it, it's just, you know, you keep throwing mud and, you know, people at a certain point in time, they don't see it because there's just mud everywhere. They don't yeah. even bother ducking anymore because they're covered with it. And they just sort of like turn their back and they say, I can't handle this. And so, you know, I'm watching this speech and I, and I see him do this. And I used to, Oh my God, this is going to be a big thing. And guess what? It's not even a thing. I think I was <laughs> the first person to write about it. I, I tweeted about it at the time and no one else really, no one really picked up on the tweet Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you you know, I'm tired of saying this, but once upon a time, John, if a major political party's nominee Mm -hmm. had favorably cited a disgraced billionaire accused of rape, credibly accused, I should say, who's paid out millions of dollars in these cases, it would be kind of news. It might even be front page news. Now it's not even anywhere in The New York Times. Yeah. Or elsewhere. I don't mean to pick on The New York Times here, but it's just like
0: it just flies
6: right by. And it's like, oh, yeah,
0: Trump being Trump, you know, who the fuck knows? But that's, you know, in debating, we call it the gish gallop right? Sort of what Romney did to Obama in their first debate in Colorado. You put out a tidal wave of bullshit that's so vast that while your opponent is decoding lie number one, you've just told lie number 14. And it's just steamrolling people. It's exactly what Donald Trump's campaign was against Hillary Clinton. This whole notion of let's make the world believe we're both as amoral and shitty. So really, what's the difference, folks? He's doing it right now with the Biden crime family, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that he's accusing Biden of doing that he's actually on trial for doing himself um and it's
6: like it's it's interesting
0: because because the
6: dynamic here is you don't have to prove yourself better than the other side the other person you just have to make it seem like everybody's crooked everybody's lying and then there's no differentiation and your lies and your sleaze doesn't count against you because they do it too. And the public then starts throwing up its hands and says, you know, it's kind of a circus. It's a circus of filth and dirt and I don't That's know. They, they they impeach Trump, then they then they impeach Biden and you know, I don't know the difference here. And you know, and people then just fall into what they're instincts are their predilections if your predilection is to be a republican then you kind of say well you know i'm with trump because the other side's just as bad and you know
0: and but there's another angle so- david there's another way there's the people who don't pay that close attention and say well maybe the two parties are both equally bad Why don't I go with the third party option like a no labels? And you have been so sharp on this (sighs) Michigas fraud uh, in your in your uh, your newsletter, Our Land, the the new piece this week, the absurdity of no labels. I mean, you nail it. They're taking advantage of the same kind of indecision, the same kind of chaos agents where they're pretending to have a centrist uh, campaign. I'm pretty sure Joe Biden's the centrist candidate already. It's just another Trojan horse to run another, uh, another candidate to knock Biden out and get Trump in. You know, it's, I still
6: don't understand fully the motivation of the people doing this. I saw, John, uh, I saw Joe Manchin a couple weeks ago at an event, and I went up and I was chatting with him, you know, nice enough, amiable enough fellow, and I said, you know, um, talk to me about no labels. And he said, well, first off, If Trump becomes president again, it will be a nightmare for this country. He said that to me, you know, in the way that you and I would talk. He just seemed very sincere and that he really, truly believed this. Then I said, well, why put up another anti-Trump candidate or, can't you know, another choice if that could draw away votes from Biden? He goes, well, it's just clear that people want another choice. And I I didn't have the heart to (laughs) say to him. It ain't you, Joe, but nevertheless, um, it it does sort of flummox me because everyone who looks at this, you know, political operators, holsters, strategists, and including several people who used to be quite prominent with no labels, a guy named Bill Golston who works at Brookings and Bill Kristol, who's done work Mm -hmm. with the no labels people in the past, they all come to the same conclusion, that if you run another particularly another democrat even if it's a conservative democrat like joe manchin that it's more likely to draw anti-trump votes from biden than anti-biden votes from from trump and so it it, it, you know and it only has to happen in a couple of key states for it to make a difference given how tight the margins are so it's you know i've talked to people who, who support no labels and and donors and and they all you know they all claim we're not doing this to help Trump. But then I they all them, say that. They all say that, but but then you know, and I believe that they believe that. But at the same time, they in, incredibly misguided. I think the people running the the operation, Nancy Jacobson, who used to be a Democratic fundraiser, and Mark, who's married to Mark Penn, they claim Penn isn't involved, although he has been somewhat involved in the oh, past, wow, and he that feels was a Democratic you know, a Democratic a consultant who worked for the Clintons who's become very anti-Democratic
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. party. he worked very years. hard to get Donald Trump elected as a Clinton advisor. Yeah. You're right.
6: Right. And so I think they just want to be in the mix. It's good for their ego. They're raising, you know, a, a ton of money uh, doing this. Uh, but it, the piece that you that you referenced that I wrote a couple of days ago in my R-Land newsletter, and I got to say, go to davidkorn.com. To sign up for a free trial subscription, um, but in, in that piece, I, I I saw that a few days earlier, in a at a new website called Notice as in News of the United States, a terrible mm-hmm. name, but it has some good <laughs> stuff out. They're there was good, an interview yeah. with, with with Jay Nixon, um, who used to be the governor of Missouri, and uh, a Democrat who's yeah. with no labels, and he was talking to to the reporter for Notice, and they and he and he you know he said you know. You got Trump, but it wasn't the Republicans who changed the dress code and allowed shorts on the Senate floor. And I'm thinking, what the F is he talking about? One guy... Incites a riot and tries to overturn the election, and then the other side says to John Fetterman, "Okay, you can wear shorts." And that rule was actually struck after a while. But these both are sides? this is so it's like yeah. So both sides are equally bad, and then and then he said, "Well, I don't want to say they're equally bad, but but you know Joe Biden is spending
0: too much money." And then uh, while well, Donald That's Trump it. is trying to overturn the constitutional order, That said, Donald Trump supporters are beating up cops on the Capitol steps, and Joe Biden wants women to have control of their own bodies. Where does the insanity end? Where, where both sides are crazy. Uh,
6: and and so that just to me seems so absurd. I mean, what is you know what is you know what you know? They, they say they want a centrist ticket. I, it's hard to even know what that means these days when the when the fight exactly. is not about policy. I mean, if it was about policy, you'd have the Senate immigration bill that you discussed earlier, just, you know, be passed. Two sides get together and they each hate the other side's portion. They pass the compromise. And when we move on, but no, the the issue here is between a party that supports someone who tried to overturn the system and will implement an authoritarian system if he gets back in and someone who respects laws and and the rules we have so we can then try to have the policy fights and debates we need to have and 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 thrash things out and but actually at the end of the day come up with something and so it's not like the right is too right in its policies and the left is too left in its policies and that's why you need joe manchin and larry hogan the governor of maryland in the middle no it's the fight is not over issues and ideology it's over protection of democracy are a threat to democracy and they refuse to acknowledge that and that you know it shows how out of you know out of sync they are with what's yeah. happening in this country particularly if they think 77 year old joe manchin is what the nation is clamoring for
0: instead <laughs> of joe biden or donald trump oh well the millennials love mansion you you know this and can i just say is there any better metaphor for no labels than a democrat named nixon I mean, it writes itself. It's kind of hilarious to me. Uh, Mr. Court, I do want to ask you about something, though. You wrote a piece this week that really touched my heart because I've really had it with our right wing friends in the bubble who uh, keep insisting that Donald Trump was completely exonerated in the Russia inquiry, that all of Russia was a hoax. And I spend my whole life saying... His second campaign manager was fired for collusion with Russia. They use the stolen emails. There was collusion. Collusion's not a crime. I can go on it all day. They don't care. Mueller chose not to follow the money and go after the money launderers. And so the media has gone along with this lying narrative. I was so thrilled that in your newsletter, you actually did this week, Trump, Russia, and Putin. It never ends. And it's a great Great fucking column, and I want everyone to read it. But I had to ask, what encouraged you to write this? Are you just as upset by this national amnesia about what really went down with Trump in Moscow as I am?
6: Yeah, I mean, well, I I, I literally wrote the book on this with Michael. Isikoff, you did Russian, Russian Roulette in twenty came out in twenty eighteen, and 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 everything we had in the book is you know was true and factual. Has been, but only further reaffirmed by subsequent investigations that have that have occurred. And this is just another example of if you get out there and you Donald Trump and his amen chorus, and just keep sh- saying hoax, 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 over and over again, uh, you can influence, shape, uh, cut off, smother um, the discussion that we, we need to have. I mean, mm. you, this, you know, what triggered me <laughs> Personally, this week was Please. when he was talking about, you know, he was, he was he was saying that Nikki Haley was, you know, who he hired to be ambassador to the UN, had done a terrible job, and she couldn't handle dealing with people like Putin, Xi, and Kim Jong-un, and then he called <laughs> these people very fine people. Yeah. So once again, we're back to him praising repressive, murderous dictators, including Vladimir Putin, who's you know been doing this for over over a decade now. Who now just happens to have shown the world how much of a thuggish war criminal That's he it. is over That's the it. last two years in uh, in Ukraine, and he's still out there calling him a very fine person. Twenty thirteen, when he held Miss Universe in Moscow. He just kept saying, "I want him to be my BFF." And as Isagoff and I reported, while he was there for this event, the thing foremost on his mind was trying to meet Putin. He kept saying, "Am I meeting Putin? Is he coming to the event? Am I meeting Putin?" And it was—it was like puppy love. And and eventually, he didn't yeah. meet Putin. Putin didn't come to the event. He was just you know disappointed, but he still continued publicly to have this sort of love affair with him, like he later did with Kim Jong Un when he when he was president, mm-hmm. and so. I I was just reminding people of this bizarre relationship he had and that we can never forget that it's indisputable that Russia attacked the 2016 election to help Trump, you know, not by placing a few Facebook ads, but by stealing um, computer files from the DNC. And, and John Podesta and leaking them strategically through WikiLeaks at a time to hurt Hillary Clinton. It wasn't the only thing that did her in it. was she, she didn't lose only because of that. But the race was so tight. I think you could identify 10, 12 factors that if any one of them had not had gone the other way, she could have won. If she had camped, not gone to Arizona and spent more time in Wisconsin, she could have won. If she had better ads in the last week, she could have That's won. It. Also, if this... Russian attack had not happened she probably would have won as well and that and it's undeniable that that during the campaign his campaign he and his campaign aides kept saying the Russians the Russian attack wasn't happening that it was all bs it was all a hoax and being made up when they knew that russia was intending to help the trump campaign because they had yes. a meeting with a Russian emissary in June of 2016, who said, "I want to bring you dirt." They didn't like the dirt she brought; it wasn't that useful. But as the whole setup to that meeting was, Russia wants to boost your campaign. That's this it. This is one way we're going to do this. So they lied; they covered up for Putin. And now, yeah. you know, years later, you know, the Mueller report was, you know, went so far, but not as far as it could have. But in 2020, the Senate Intelligence Committee when it was chaired by a guy named Marco Rubio, a -hmm. Republican, Mm -hmm. released a 966-page report that laid this all out, that Russia attacked, that the Trump campaign denied the attack to gain the benefit of the attack. That is, they betrayed the United States. They sided with a foreign adversary. No, it's a fact. It's not disputed. Yeah, and that Paul Manafort, the campaign chair, met with a Russian intelligence officer who might have been involved in that whole operation to uh, to to win the election for uh, Donald Trump, and so is that collusion? I don't know if it's collusion or not. Yes, it's, not. it's, <laughs> it's the reports, conspiracy. It, it sounds like collusion to me, but 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 we move collusion David. from from the from the from the calculation here. Everything mm-hmm. else that Donald, did, Donald Trump did was an act of betrayal, and it just has Amen. gone into the ether. Democrats We're, don't uh, talk about it anymore. And the thing is, people say, are well, he's talking about this um, almost eight years after the 2016 election. And there is a very strong reason why we can't let this slip away into the sands of time. We know that Russia attacked the U.S. election in 2016. Yes. And we know that it had an impact and they got what they wanted, the election of Donald Trump. We also know that in 2020... They tried again, and who do we know this from? From the director of the Office of the uh, National Director of Intelligence in February of 2020. That's right. This is when Trump is president, mm-hmm. told Congress that they saw signs that Russia was trying to interfere in the election in a way to uh, denigrate and and harm Joe Biden in other words yes. to help Donald Trump, and we saw what happened. Rudy Giuliani got dirt from Ukraine working with Ukrainians who Trump's own Treasury Department said were Russian agents. So he was collaborating (laughs) with Russian agents and that whole business about Biden and Hunter Biden and Burisma. And so they tried, the Russians tried again in 2020 to help Donald Trump. And this time it did not succeed. These things work on margins. They don't, you know, they don't, you know, they're not one or 10 right and so yeah. now it's 2024 uh wh- at a time when joe biden is supporting ukraine in its, you know, its defensive war against putin's um invasion and you have republicans including donald trump questioning whether we should be giving any money to ukraine so That's what it putin wants. To that putin has even more motivation now to yeah. undermine joe biden and to boost donald trump so even more dictators wanting
0: a piece of trump you're right
6: so i think we need to be on the lookout for all the ways now with with its deep fakes ai whatever they're going to try to do they're going to do uh, it we're hitting a hard break mr
0: corn i thank you so much for joining us however everyone please follow david at david corn dc and subscribe to the hourland newsletter please come back and see us again thank you so much and we'll be right back
1: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
0: I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. That is 866-997-GRIT. We're going to be taking your calls all evening. Uh, really quick, I just want to play here. State Department spokesperson Vidant Patel is challenged on the U.S. stance of claims of genocide in Gaza, whether it is worth the damage to an entire system of international justice.
1: And you can argue that you don't you don't agree with with South Africa's argument, but it sort of undermines the legitimacy of of the whole system if if you know the US is not yeah it's not saying ahead of time whether whether this this ruling is meaningful or, or whether you would expect countries to follow it. And just to note, uh, Hamas has said that they would follow. Uh, if the ICJ uh, demanded a ceasefire, they would follow it. I haven't seen that statement from from the Israelis. Hamas has also said that they would release hostages, and they've not uh,
3: done so in that regard as well, Simon. So I sort of take issue with your question, reflecting Hamas as some kind of um, fair or credible interlocutor or actor in this. again i i will just say and you've heard me say this before our expectation is that uh uh, israel uh, needs to must comply with international humanitarian law but i'm not going to get
0: ahead of tomorrow's uh or any expected ruling on this oof it's not getting better folks let's get to your calls though if we can hello to steve in la on line eight. steve thank you so much for your patience you're on progress oh hey john hello
7: hi uh MTV Unplugged. I did not know Paul McCartney did an MTV Unplugged.
0: Oh, it's one of the best. It's um, really good, and it's not very commercial. He does lots of like deep cuts and 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 rare songs, and a, a bunch of old covers too. It's really good.
7: That was a, that was a beautiful version of Here There and Everywhere. One of my favorites.
0: Yeah, um, that was jo- John Lennon said that was his favorite song. Paul McCartney ever wrote. John
7: Lennon's favorite. Yeah, Paul McCartney. Nirvana's Unplugged. Just a. Was, another beautiful unplugged that's another yeah. I, think,
0: I, I think Nirvana's Unplugged and uh, and and McCartney's and Jay-Z's uh, were for me just great I also thought um, REM and, and Sting had very good ones as well
7: yes
0: REM yes yeah I got and, 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 and Clapton Clapton's um, won all those awards but it was still lovely Clapton's was great
5: yes 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 it was um Uh, Uh Here's
0: Chris. uh, Now, hang on. Now, now Chris has come into the chat. Go ahead, boss. Well,
5: because there were, you know, it's uh, the reason the reason folks like Steve and I never knew that there was a Paul McCartney Unplugged is because it was so ubiquitous for a while. And there were so many. And there were a lot of good ones, like, you know, straying away from like the classics, like like Stone Temple Pilots had a really uh, had a a really good one, really. A really good, impactful Unplugged. It was huge for their career. Um, and and so did Allison Chains. And songs from those two
0: Unplugged still get played on the radio today. You know, Lauren Sometimes. Hill had a dynamite one. Lauren Hill's Unplugged was terrific. Yes,
7: yes. Yeah, there's some good ones. I, Paul McCartney, though, is one of my favorite. I, I got to hear Paul McCartney. I got I to gotta check out the.
0: Uh, it's the really album good. I mean, sure. look, Nirvana's always going to be number one for me, and Jay Z's probably number two for me. But uh, McCartney's is really special. It's, and. Um, Go ahead.
5: It's released as uh, Paul McCartney unplugged, the official bootleg. The
0: official bootleg. Neil Young's is good because uh, Neil Young's. It's it's a great song choice, and Nils Lofgren uh, is there playing with him. the The weirdest one is Oasis because on Oasis. Uh, Liam, the silly one, for some reason said he was sick and couldn't do it, so it's like it's really a preview of Noel Gallagher's solo career. Noel sings all the songs, most of which had been sung by his brother when they were put out as as singles, so it's really interesting watching it, because you see Liam just drunkenly in the audience, heckling his own brother. It's bizarre and weird, but Noel, you can just watch Noel over the course of the hour, realizing, I don't need my brother, I can do this on my own.
7: Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, I called in with some political stuff, if you don't Maybe. mind.
5: Uh, Please.
7: So I heard David Korn earlier, great guy. A um, couple of things. The fact that the Republicans are, del- are putting the brakes on this order thing and Trump did it, it's in their DNA. Nixon did it with Vietnam. Yeah. Reagan did it with the Iran hostages. It's, it's part of who they are. It's yeah. whole life it's, they've been doing this stuff.
0: Create it's, a crisis and then run on how the other side is not doing anything about this crisis while you do nothing about it but exploit it.
7: It's traitorous. I, I have one more thing. Um, Please. Trump, Russia. Ivana, yeah. Ivana, his first wife, the FBI has files. The, there's there is an issue with her, her father and the KGB. It's I have not heard much about it. And I'm not. I don't can't give any expert opinion, but she died. She fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah, you know, I, I truly believe at the end of all this, we're going to find out Trump had deeper ties to Russia. Was he a willing asset, unwilling asset? There's something there? And
0: that's kind of my. I mean, well, the this. the deal is Ivana Trump's dad, who who died in the '90s, I think. Um, he was with uh, Czechoslovakia's. Espionage agency, and yeah. so the rumor always was that that the is the, the is I mean the Czechoslovakia, or I guess it's just the Czech Republic now, uh, that they were sp- surveilling Trump in some way. So I've heard that a lot. But you know, there's also rumors that I mean, Milani was hired to be an operative and work on him. I mean, all of this stuff. But uh, I know that Ivana's father did give information to uh, the local intelligence office about his daughter's visits from the New York and his famous son-in-law's career in New York. Um, he was classified as a conspiratorial informer, and uh, he yes. he was involved with uh, the Secret Service until the end of the communist regime. But I think he, her dad's gig ended when the when the wall came down.
7: Trump's a traitor. That's absolutely. There's no doubt about it. He doesn't, doesn't absolutely love this country. He's already no already had a seditious insurrection. Um, yeah, he yeah. should be deqed. He should be DQ'd. I mean, in my mind, he's, he's not.
5: That's
0: a what's DQ right What's now. it? What's it? What's a DQ mean? That's I learned a new word. What's D? What's a DQ? Uh, it stands. It's for, Disqual- excuse me. Dis- it stands for Dairy Queen. Go ahead. That's no, what it I thought. It's dairy, dairy Queen. Dairy dairy Queen. Queen. Dairy. <laughs> that, how is that a penalty? A, he would love <laughs> Dairy Queen. He loves dairy. Get <laughs> Mr. Misty. <laughs> he, you don't get that physique by avoiding dairy, sir. He loves dairy. That's not the right dairy, reward.
7: Dairy, dairy Queen, <laughs> and some people also use DQ as disqualification.
0: Oh, so, I'm sorry. I went to public school.
7: No, I I, I like the DQ thing that Chris
0: had. That was... Right on.
7: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, look, he's dirty. He's dirty. He's dirty as Chris Christie's hamper. But to me, he's not the only traitor. I'm equally as mad with the 200 or so Republicans who voted to throw out the will of the American people. I mean, this is a pre-existing sedition shared by many of them.
7: That's how fascism begins, my friend. They fall in line and it happens.
0: Amen, man. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good Thanks to hear from you. Time. Okay. Thank you, sir. Anytime, 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Dave in Pennsylvania on Line 7. Do we have you? Welcome, Dave.
3: Hey, John. Hi. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it's time to update the Republican Party's animal. You know, <laughs> I think yeah. we should go to the koala. Really? Especially with Trump here, because, yeah, I mean, let's face Why the it, koala? Koalas are... Koalas have low-nutritional diets, full of toxins. You know, they're largely sedentary that, you know, they sleep like 20 hours a day. They intimidate rivals with their bellows. When they come to a new tree, they mark it with secretions on their chest and sometimes dribble a little bit of urine. And you remember when he got inaugurated and he's holding <laughs> the flag there? He's marking yes. it with his chest there and you can't tell he wasn't dribbling a little bit of urine. <laughs> And you're, sir, you're giving him way too much dignity. That, this is
0: more dignity than he deserves, sir.
4: <laughs>
0: well, it's an inspired choice. Uh, I was going to say that they're, you know, I, I think they're their official party animal should be, uh, you know, a, a, a sketch of the chlamydia virus. But I think you're you're even more accurate than me.
3: Well, actually, that's the STD that's rampant in koala populations. is chlamydia. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. I'll go for it. Thank uh, you.
3: And uh since it's January, one of uh, my favorite albums from Bob Seger was released. I can't quite nail down the day, but it was on this day in 69. Ramblin' Gamblin', man. Uh, my favorite track on it is 2 plus 2 is on my mind. Mm-hmm. And whenever these Republicans get back into office, you know that one's going to be necessary again. Because they're going to lie us into another war.
0: Um, I don't know about that one. This Republicans seem to have come to another place where they're all pretending to be anti-war now. I, look, they're they're pro-authoritarian. They're you know they're pro-war when an authoritarian like Bush wants to do it. Uh, they're pro-war when an authoritarian like uh, Putin wants to do it. When it comes to defending yourself, they're they're anti-war these days.
3: I just remember one other thing that I wanted to make a comparison of with Trump here. Please. Okay, like I said, you remember when he was inaugurated like fondling the flag there? That yeah, reminds it's very me ridiculous. of Hedley Lamar in Blazing Saddles where he's, you know, <laughs> fondling the statue of the justice there. <laughs> there you go. Have you heard have you heard Trump's latest bit with the Iron Dome system where he's explaining yes. the sound effects? hmm My God, it'd be like electing Philip J. Fry from Futurama.
0: He's such he, he is such a dope, and the only thing that will save him is low voter turnout. And, you know, everyone's saying, oh, the general election is beginning now. It's beginning now. I'm like, fine, great. Let's begin it right now. Let's give people a chance to get really tired of Donald Trump's played-out, empty-calorie bullshit as early in the year as possible.
3: And it means a win for Biden. I'm all for it. And, you know, I really shouldn't say it because, you know, Fry, you know, he might have been an idiot, but he didn't have malice in him like Trump does.
0: Correct he was a he was a much more amenable cartoon character than trump thank you very much Matt. i appreciate the call dave we are at 866-997-4748 Rhonda on. is online what 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 chris now what did i, I do just,
5: wrong? well you know dave teased it i just need to hear this clip now i'm sorry john i mean okay, i see it.
6: this i like i it's so incredible and these guys, these geniuses, they go, these are not muscle guys here. They're muscle guys up here, right? What? And they calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Boom. Okay. Missile launch. Pshing, pum. To most... Un- and we don't have it here, but we help other countries in having it. No, we're going to have the greatest Iron
0: Dome. Let's call it Iron Dome. Wow. What the fuck did that guy just say? I didn't realize we were playing that tonight, but here we are. I, I, listen, I just pulled so many clips so we can play another edition of "What the fuck did that guy just say?" And you just started it without me. What the hell did he just say in that clip, Chris? Bing bong.
5: <laughs>
0: I think I'm starting to realize why the Democrats are just doing this in slippers and not breaking a sweat. I mean, I'm sorry, I, it's 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 not going to be enough, Biden. You got to fight. I need you tan, rested, and ready. Beat this guy hardcore. I, I I'd like to see you take the Senate. Roe v. Wade's going to help. I mean, what if this whole thing is just a foregone conclusion and Trump's going to lose so bad and everyone knows it, but the media just needs us to be terrified? (laughs) 866-997-4748 is our number. 866-997-GRIT. Let me go, if I may, to Rhonda in California. Rhonda, thanks so much for waiting on hold. You're on progress. Hi. I've been
4: wanting to call. Uh, My daughter and I have the same birthday as you.
0: You're kidding me. And, um, my, you and your daughter, yeah, first off, you, you and your daughter share a birthday?
4: Yeah, yeah. She was born on Labor Day, which, as you know, I wasn't born on Labor Day, but we both are born on September 3rd.
0: I was born on the first day of school, but my birthday was on Labor Day many times, and this will blow your mind. It was also my grandfather's birthday. So oh, wow. we, oh, both wow. of our no. families have multiple generations born on September 3rd.
5: Hold on to your seats, oh, wow. folks. Oh, no.
0: Here, hang on. Here's our boss.
5: My birthday is February 28th and that's my mother's birthday.
0: No oh, wow. way. Mm-hmm. I love that. I do too. I do that's too. almost my I'm wedding anniversary. Some years some years that's my wedding anniversary, Chris, cuz we were married on the 29th on leap day. So a most of the time I celebrate oh, wow. my wedding on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, I just I wanted to I wanted every time there's a presidential election, I know I've got to buy a gift coming up. It's really easy to remember. If there's an, if there's a <laughs> summer Olympics, I've got to buy an anniversary gift every 4 years
7: that's a
3: good uh, memory jog
0: huh? right on well happy birthday to you and your daughter you know what I always say Virgos are a lot of work and they're worth it so I, thank, I, you.
3: Thank, thank
2: you thank you because I,
0: I, I felt bad the only person I know shares this birthday is Charlie Sheen so you just made me feel a lot better about my birthday thank you
4: <laughs> I call because uh, I grew up in Alabama every summer mm-hmm. um, I saw the hypocrisy at a very young age by the time I was eight or nine I I knew Christianity was pretty much nonsense because I didn't understand how you could believe in Jesus and be so unkind to another person.
0: Yeah, I like Jesus, so but that, the fan clubs kind of bum me out.
4: Yeah, it, it, it bummed me out as a kid. I was actually in Selma during the, the march and uh, I saw my cousin actually kick the TV because Martin Luther King was speaking.
5: Really? And even though I
4: was only like 10, I was like, really? This is Horrible. The are horrible. Wow. Um, amazing. My grandfather and my great uncle were in the KKK. Um, I can't wow. tell you. But anyway, um, I work in Alabama for a very short time. And I told the black girl she should get a better job because she was too smart. And I made friends with the only lesbian, and they fired me. That was like 50 years ago, by the way.
0: <laughs> we have pretty similar so, backgrounds, wow. I think. We have pretty similar backgrounds, yeah. I think. Yeah.
4: yeah, I mean, my best friend is Buddhist. I went to Catholic school, uh,
0: so you've I had a really interesting—you've had an interesting time staying sane around insane people your entire life.
4: <laughs> I feel like there's been a war in my head for a while, but that's it's the why same I love with me.
0: Same with me, and and you can feel crazy for many years, and it's hard to put the experience into your own words. And you try to, I mean, this is growing up. You 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 believe your family's right; they're the first model of humans you get. It can take many of us decades, and and sometimes the most the most powerful thing you can do spiritually is change your mind about spirituality. Sometimes it's the most important step. My parents both made a choice to take a vow of celibacy and poverty and go into the clergy as a, a brother and a nun. And then they made a choice to leave and get married and, and stay spiritual. So, you know, it takes a long time for us to wake up and become the people that we can be. And some of us just stay into the little carbon copies of our parents. Our parents intend us to be, it sounds like you really did the work. Do you, do you still get along with your right wing family? Are you, do you still love them and, I, and, and associate with them? Or did you have to, did to cut you, that off?
4: i have- I love them, but to be honest, I just don't. I just don't talk about anything. I
0: don't, I I don't bring
4: it up because. Uh, and you know, when I was, we. I grew up in Alabama in the summer, but I lived in California, and uh, I dated black men. I had gay friends, and my parents still love me. So.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Well, thank so, you.
4: I work a man's job. I took a lot of crap and. You know, it was worth it, though, because I felt like I did the right thing. I did what I should do for women.
0: I love it. And and I'd vote for you.
4: Yeah, my my daughter and I were both raped when we were 18.
0: Oh, God.
4: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was very pragmatic about it, and so was my daughter. But, you know, that's just what happens. I mean, people don't realize how many times men are so aggressive with you.
0: Oh, no, I think I think women do, and I think some men well, do, but do. I I think nice men are the problem here. My theory is, and this is my theory as a guy who tried to be a nice guy, that ni- women know that men are douchebags, right? That a lot of men are horrible, evil, toxic douchebags, and the horrible, evil, toxic douchebags know what they are. The nice guys, the, the clowns like me who had to learn how to have a sense of humor to talk to girls, you know, us pathetic wretches, yeah. we're the worst yeah. because we don't believe it, we don't know it, we don't see it. And we just hear hearsay. I mean, nice guys are on the sidelines when it comes to sexual abuse. So, my God, you and your daughter are lucky to have each other, and she's lucky she could talk to you about it.
4: She's the best. I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, what does proselytizing mean? Because I always thought you weren't supposed to preach at people, as, you know, just preach at people. What does that mean, I guess?
0: It means preach people.
4: That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. It means so, preacher people. all these idiots that are out there, you mean like Mike Johnson and all these idiots that are yeah. talking to us like they know what they're talking about, and they don't? I
0: mean, I mean proselytizing is trying to convert people, really. The more accurate is when you yeah, try to convert yeah. somebody. Okay. And, you know, Jesus okay. said, go and make disciples of all nations to his apostles. And I get okay. that. That's groovy. But to me, that sort of means lead by example do good deeds, yeah, help the poor, yeah. help the sick, go out there and make disciples of all nations by showing that love is the only thing that works and by being of service to the less fortunate and fighting for the marginalized. That's what I take that to mean. Others have taken it to mean torture these indigenous people and cut off their hands if they won't convert.
4: Yeah, it makes me crazy. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for being you. You had oh, me you. at Brive Back Better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you like Brideback Better. Thank you. <laughs>
4: And I saw you, your TED Talk from like 11
0: or 12 years ago. I might have been older, but it said 11 oh. years ago. Yeah. Ooh. That was my, my first time trying to TED Talk, and I, I told a story instead of really making a, a, a... Instead of proselytizing, I told the story of when I was on Bill Maher with David Duke and how I learned yeah. at a very young age that uh, hating haters doesn't really work yep. out. Seems like a good idea right. till you try to do it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I loved it, and I want to thank you. Thank because you. Because we need you and Stephanie and... Look at you making my night. Thank Thank you. you. I love all you guys, so I thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. Stephanie, not so much, but I loved everyone else you said. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) It's great to hear from you. 866-997-4748. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with more of your calls. I promise we're getting everyone tonight. We'll be right back.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
0: We're back. We've got a couple of minutes. Let's try to make our calls as quick as we can. eh? Sean and Callie, welcome. You're on progress.
2: Hey, Brother John, what a hey, wonderful Sean. show. What a great thing to to put out something that no one's talking about, right? I yeah. just tell all of you, my better half, my kids are, you know, I want to say biracial, but they they are. And keep that curly hair. I'm always saying I love it.
0: <laughs> Right on.
2: Real quickly, I mean, you know, Nikki Haley should have kept her curly hair, but I'm just kidding. You know, she I'm happy that she blasts Donald bin Laden as long as she can blast him. But you know what all the Republicans are doing is they're saying they'll support him or endorse him or vote for him, even if he gets, you know, the nomination. And that, to me, is disqualifying.
0: But I think so, too. Well, I think it's also disqualifying if you took part in an insurrection, if you voted to throw out the votes of the American people. We keep talking about Donald Trump and whether he's qualified to be on the ballot. Elise Stefanik is disqualified from being on the ballot. All of these guys uh, are. Yeah, I'm with you.
2: Yeah. So let's let's just make sure that we call him out on this, because, you know, it's uh, you know, Nikki Haley is. Unfit as well as Donald Bin Laden, because she couldn't oh, she even is. answer a simple question about the Civil War.
0: But you know what? Nikki Haley is about, is she, oh yeah, she said, well, the Civil War was caused by bad vibes. But she is about yeah. to make Donald Trump spend so much more money in a state he yeah. was already going to win. She's about to make I, Donald yeah. Trump completely blow his cool and just be obsessed with attacking her. He's going to be racist. He's going to be misogynist. And she has no shot of winning. She's doing this because she's being paid and she's going to hang around and wait for Donald Trump to go to jail or the plaque on his heart to get him. She's trying to be the last Republican standing. So she ain't going nowhere. It's going to be an interesting winter. Thank you so much for the call. We got to go. If we didn't get to your call, I am sorry. Call tomorrow and I will apologize on the air to you. We had a lot of a lot of people calling in tonight. Thank you to all of our guests, David Korn and the icon, Mr. Chris Houseelt. I'm John Fugelsang. Keep it tuned to progress all day long. Peace i